Ambassadors for Leaders in Consciousness. Viv, I, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for inviting me on, Venus. I love chatting with you. <laughs> so fun. Cool. So I'd love to hear your story. Like, when did you start to engage with animals in a different way? When did you see that there was something else possible there? I remember as a small child, like I'm talking probably four, five years old, um, sitting on my mum's knee watching the nature programs on the television. And, you know, she introduced me to things like Dr. Doolittle and Lassie and Black Beauty and all these amazing animal programs. And the weird thing was we weren't allowed to have animals as pets with our family. I still don't get why, but anyway, but I would go down to the garden and talk to the worms and talk to the snails and talk to the bees and the birds. And I just had this magical kingdom come alive in my back garden, even though I didn't have the, you know, the dogs and the, the cats and the, all the other animals that other people would have. So I just started to create my own reality, I guess, in a way with these animals that were in my back garden. Wow, cool. So what, what did you experience as a kid with the animals in your garden? There was this sense of joy, like there was just this, it was like this magical world that I would step as soon as I walked out of the back door of my family household, I'd walk into the garden and it was like Alice in Wonderland. I just had the most amazing you know, I would see ladybugs on the undersides of the leaves of the plants and I'd see the tiniest of creatures, whether it was an ant or, and just, I would literally have a conversation with them and go, well, where are you off to today? And what are you doing? And it was just like a normal conversation for me. And they'd be chatting away to me and we'd be having all sorts of conversations and everybody just put it down to, oh, she's just off with the fairies and she's just, you know, in a make-believe land. And and as I began to become a bit older, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, the neighbors um, used to breed boxer dogs. And so I would go over and sit with the puppies and talk to the puppies. And I'd talk to the mum and I'd talk to the father. And it was like this conversation started to begin. And because the adults around me thought I was just nuts and just kind of, you know, brushed me off. I got to about the age of 10 and realized maybe I should just do this in my mind. I should just do this quietly. And I started to hide it because of the, you know, people started to ridicule me, especially as I got older. It's like, oh, come on, you've got to grow out of that now. And it was like this dampening and this wrongness of this magical kingdom that I knew was real for me. So, and from that point forward, I just had very quiet conversations energetically with the dogs walking across the side of the street or the next door neighbor's cat or the horses in the paddocks that live near me. And that's really, I guess, how it began. Wonderful. I've heard you say this before, like that the animals are trying to show us something. What do you perceive they're trying to show us? Yeah, I mean, I fast forward 40 odd years, I've been um, fostering greyhounds um, from the Australian racetrack. So they come off the racetrack in all sorts of distress, you know, adrenalized, fearful, aggressive, broken, you know, whatever. And the journey that I've taken between that 10 year old and 40 year old has, I don't know, it's kind of opened these other doors where I I start to observe the animal. I start to perceive their energies, um, especially the ones that are traumatized or the foster dogs, because they come in with such a different background and a totally different story to like a domestic pet, say. Um, 
and they energetically because that most of them are terrified of people they're frightened they're they're highly strung loud noises all sorts of things so it's like i reach into their world energetically and they it's weird it's almost like they feel received they feel heard they feel touched rather than being this you know um animal that's designed to win people money or they've been this object they've suddenly their being and their presence their infinite being is actually being welcomed out again and given the space to just unwind and become a dog and find themselves and so it's it's kind of like this energetic interaction that is so loud in my world but quite a lot of people would be oblivious to it they wouldn't really have much of a perception of it because they don't they just don't know how to be present basically so it's just this amazing observation that you can you know as a fair witness you sit back and you observe you perceive you sense their world their makeup their you know what they've arrived with and i don't make their history such a big deal i don't make that significant but i'm aware of what they come in with and just they show me if i if i'm willing to just be a space with no point of view or no judgment about how they've been treated or what they've turned up with if i just be that space for them and I asked them really simple questions. Hey, you know, is there something that I can contribute to you? Is there something, is your body in pain? Do you need something different with your diet? Are you comfortable in your body? Is there a different environment you would prefer to be in? So as soon as I start asking them a question, they're like, oh my God, somebody's, wow, actually, wow, somebody's present with me. They're, and they immediately connect with me. They immediately shift their energy. They are visibly different. And even people that haven't, had a connection very much to animals their eyes just are like sources it's like it's so obvious when the animal realizes that you're reaching for them mm. what are some of the ways that you can perceive what they're asking for a really obvious one was um i picked up uh, a greyhound that had literally come straight off the racetrack so I bought it home and it was obviously desperate for a drink and, you know, just things we don't think about where I'd positioned the water bowl on the food station was next to the fridge. And so the dog was thirsty. It went over to get, get to the bowl. And the first thing I noticed was the bowl wasn't sitting correctly on the floor and it was just moving slightly. And that slight movement obviously triggered something in the animal. It was suddenly terrified. So I, okay, I got that and I put a cloth underneath it so the, the bowl was flat on the floor. And then the next thing, every time the refrigerator would kick in, the dog would freak out. And so it, it, it's, I know it sounds really obvious, but for most people, they may not perceive those, those subtleties, but obvious messages. And so each dog is different. So, I mean, it was just the awareness of, okay, this dog doesn't want a collar around its neck because it obviously freaks it out it, it doesn't like the restriction or it doesn't like the noise of the tag because their nerves for, for these dogs these particular dogs their nerves are so on edge they're so hypersensitive that the slightest thing could upset them and, and put you know put them into some kind of trauma so um i don't know if that answered your question venus i went off on a tangent there Oh, no, it's great. It's, it's just this, I'm curious, because I'm sure there might be people listening, like, how, if you're just saying just, it's a way of paying attention, like. Yeah, and it, it is, it's the subtleties. So, 
there's one dog that we had, strange as it sounds, she didn't like walking on grass. You know, these dogs have probably always been on concrete and they've maybe raced on concrete or sand. And so grass used to freak her out. And, you know, without that awareness, you could see somebody going, come on, you stupid bloody dog and try and drag the dog on the grass and force it. And it would be digging its heels in and pulling back. And people just wouldn't have that sensitivity to just get the subtle messages of, oh, okay, and this dog doesn't like driving, it doesn't like jumping in the back of the car because its memory is of going to a racetrack or, you know, there's certain types of dogs that don't like little dogs because, you know, in Australia they use small animals to bait these dogs to get them to run. So there's so many different awarenesses that you can perceive just from watching their eyes, watching their ears, watching their body posture, watching their tail position, um, mm -hmm. observing their breathing. You know, a lot of people go, oh, well, you know, it's hot and the dog's panting. It's like, no, that's actually not hot. That's a form of anxiety. So it's just being able, instead of just jumping to the conclusion that there's something wrong, that the dog's aggressive or it's barking or it's panting or it's digging or, you know, it's scratching at itself or chewing its tail, often these are other signs and we sometimes just come to the conclusion of a practical solution rather than just being present and going okay what is really truly going on for this animal and like i say once they feel it's like having a child if requests and it's pleased it would keep turning the volume up it would get more distressed it may create a physical symptom um, but as the moment we sit present with that child and we just, okay, as a mother or as a carer of a child, you do your best to reach into their world and understand them and reach them so that you can assuage whatever the discomfort is. And it's the same with animals. They will give you much more subtle messages. That's, I love that information. And I'm, I'm wondering, um, I personally have, uh, well, she's my daughter's dog. And one of the things that I've noticed is that um, she will, she's very laid back, very quiet, but she does this really slight whimper every once in a while. And I'm, I'm like you, Viv, I think I'm one of the only people that hears it. Like, I'm like, didn't you guys hear that? And they're like, no. I'm like, she's whimpering but it's so slight it's like so how would you for anybody out there who might have an animal that's trying to come or that you think might be trying to communicate something how would you find out what they're trying to communicate yeah great question and you know like i said earlier the first thing is is to not jump to conclusion or feel sorry for them or because what we accidentally do is sometimes we project all of our stuff onto them. Oh, the poor thing, she's anxious. You know, there might be a storm and we go to soothe them and calm them, which is not actually facilitating them through it. But in your situation, or if anybody has a dog that's frightened of storms, um, first thing is, is, okay, so what is this? You know, what is it you're showing me? What is, what information are you trying to give me? And can you make it clearer? You know, mm -hmm. if, if you're not sure, can you make this really clear for me? Can you give me the information? And so you might perceive that as you could turn me back and go and, you know, do the washing up. And then all of a sudden a light bulb might go on in your head as to, Oh, I wonder if it was, you know, X, Y, or Z, or 
when you ask the question, it's not about jumping to the conclusion from your logical mind. And this is the gift of animals. They take us out of the logical linear thinking world and they invite us to be more perceptive and aware of what it is that's going on for them. And that can be quite a transition to go from, you know, if you've always had to have the right answer or fix a problem or look for the problem or find the solution to ask a question and come in a very different door and ask the dog and just be willing to receive that information, however it comes back and know that it will come back, but it may not be in an obvious way. And this is where, you know, we talk about animals being ambassadors for our awareness. They open your mind up to look beyond the conclusion or the answer or the linear reality. And it could be something like, you know, I don't like that particular fabric in my bed or <laughs> it, it, they can, they can give you the most, what seems to be a really obscure message. You know, I don't like my bed being against that wall. Can you move it here? Or, you know, with your dog, it might be something that's physically not, not correct in their body. She might have one of us, um, you know, her vertebrae might be out of position and she could be pinching a nerve or, you know, and so sometimes a question I ask is, okay, is this a physical issue? Do you need to see a vet or do you need to see an animal chiropractor? Or is this something you're perceiving or picking up from somebody in the family? Because I think we have a lot of awareness or more awareness around our animals, especially our dogs and cats do perceive our stress. They do perceive our distress or you know, something that might be going on for a family member, they're very in tune with that. And they will often start to display habits or patterns that aren't normal, quote unquote, to them. But they're trying to alert us to something going on within a family member. And that could be at a distance too. Like if that family member wasn't necessarily here. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that, you know, for, for pe some people that's like obvious and for other people that might be a real stretch. It's like, how does an animal perceive, you know, you, you, your aunt or your uncle that just visited on the weekend? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know just on a slightly different tangent to that, but related, my, the, the dog I have currently, um, she knows the moment my partner is heading down the road before he even gets in the gate. She gets up off her bed and she goes to the back door and she starts wagging her tail. Hmm. And that's before he even enters the property. She's aware of him probably a kilometer away. Wow. Cool. So they have this incredible perception. And for me, they, they function. Animals are on. They don't turn their awareness off. I can hear your dog in the background. Yeah. <laughs> She's funny. She is not a barker, which is always funny to me because when yeah. she barks, it's definitely something you know, like, Hello. like you said, contributing, you know, goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the animal kingdom communicate energetically and telepathically, you know, if you mm -hmm. and I didn't have the gift of language, how would we communicate to each other? Would we be more present with each other energetically and be able to sense, you know, and how many times have you thought of somebody across the other side of the country and then they ring you within the next hour? Mm -hmm. So we already have this level of perception, but like I say, as people, we turn this on and off. We're awake for a little time and then we're asleep and then we're awake and then we're asleep. And so for me, the animals have helped me be more present. They've got me to become, it's like building a muscle to be around them and not just 
switch off. You know, like with your kids, sometimes they make a certain amount of noise and you just kind of put it to the side and shove it into the background. And then there's other times when they're really distressed and it's like, oh my God, you know, you run to them because you know that that's a different sound. Mm. But what we do is we kind of switch off we 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 dumb ourselves down we disconnect from that constant energetic conversation and the messages that are going on all the time mm. well that's great and i remember you actually even saying horses are a great facilitator for leaders would you say more about that yeah horse, <laughs> horses are phenomenal um they I guess in a way they are a bit like children too. If ever you have the, the pleasure or the possibility, and I'd, you know, I'd offer this out to even people who've never considered working with a horse or being close to a horse, um, they perceive energy so dynamically. And I think because of their physical presence and often their size, it naturally brings people's stuff up. You know, I had a lady at a talk to the animals class recently that was terrified of horses and we had the class at a horse ranch. And so a lot of the work that we did were with horses. And she said, well, I've come because I'm terrified. And she said, I know that that fear is stopping me in so many other areas of my life. And I've actually come to this workshop to go in the, into the round yard with the horse to overcome this and change this energy. So as we walked out to the round yard, the horse was amazing. Like the horse perceived her immediately and just gave us some space. He didn't so what happens in the round yard is the round yard is this pen that's, you know, a good size. It's probably, I don't know, um, I'm going to speak in meters. It's probably about 80 meters round. So there's a lot of room for this horse to run and express itself. And the lady stood in the middle with the instructor and me. And this horse was very aware and he was very polite and stood well away from her. And until she changed her energy, he wouldn't come close and come into her. So I've also seen the opposite occur that when somebody's come in that's very aggressive and very angry and full of heat, the horse would just run away and not want to be near him and not, you know, and if that person was being an energy that was too loud, if you like, or too assertive, the horse would get faster and faster and faster, which can be very intimidating in a small space with a, a horse running around you. The moment that person changed their energy, the aggressive person started to soften and realized, okay, I need to kind of turn my volume down. The horse slowed down. And then he kind of, we asked him to drop all of his energy down into the earth and just connect to the earth and just expand his space and imagine he was reaching out to the outside edges of the, the universe, basically, and just allow all that, en that energy and anger to dissipate. The horse dropped its head, started to walk, and then eventually... As he softened more, the horse dropped its head and just turned to come in towards him and stood within about a meter of him. And this guy just burst into tears, you know, because he realized this is what I do to people. He said, I'm constantly projecting this energy and I'm pushing people away when I really desire to have this closeness. And so that horse perceived the change in the energy and the weird thing was very few words were exchanged. You know, I gave him a couple of pointers and just asked him to drop his energy and expand. And the horse immediately, immediately changed its body language and its speed. And he just, you could see the tears rolling down his face. It was, in, it was incredible. And the moment he totally got it was when the horse just stopped and walked in and just stood facing him with his head down. 
And th it just changed that guy's life forever. Wow. So they're really an invitation to something completely different. Yes. And show and, us and, what we're choosing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've also seen, just to give a little bit more information, somebody that had very, a lady that had very, very low self-esteem and she was very withdrawn and, you know, her shoulders were down and she looked down at the ground all the time. And so this horse would try and push her around, you know, you'd lead them around on a lead rope and this horse could see this energy where she wasn't willing to be the leader. She wasn't willing to make herself important enough or big enough energetically to stop this horse from walking over her and so the horse took control it started leading her around the round yard and you know and you've got a one-ton horse there's not a lot you can do with it physically you you have to you know she willing to beat it with a stick then it might go away but that's not the object you know and this lady, again, we just facilitated with her and talked with her and told her to just make a few different changes with how she was standing. And we got her to breathe more deeply. And we got her to just imagine that she was much bigger than she was. And immediately her whole posture changed. Her whole energy changed. She realized that she was somebody and that this horse actually then started to respond to her. And it started to give us some space and it started to connect with her. And she then realized, again, wow, this is the energy that I'm constantly putting out into the world where people bump into me or they ignore me or they exclude me or they just don't see me because she had invisibilized herself and the horse was showing her this. And the moment she literally just did some breathing and expanded and stood with her head up and looked ahead of her and opened a space up, just those simple body language just those different gestures changed her entire energetic being and how she was around the horse so with a few more lessons you could see how that would you know lessons with the horse you could see how that would change her whole posture physically and how she felt about herself and the energy and the messages the energetic messages that she was putting out into the world beautiful yeah my we did my daughter my partner and I all did a conscious horse conscious rider class last year together. Yes. And I have never seen my daughter more present. It, yes. It brought her so present and so in the now and yeah, so out of judgment of herself and judgment of anything, you know, it was really magical. Yeah. And the other, thank you for that because that also, you know, you realize horses, animals never make themselves less than mm. even in a herd even if you have 10 horses in a herd they all know their position they all know which one's the lead mare and who to follow and but they never make themselves less and i think a lot of the times when we're not present we make ourselves less than somebody or something or if we are being bullied or somebody's very dominant or doing power struggles with us we often will shrink and adjust ourselves to avoid that rather than no what if you could be present in the face of a bully what if you could be present in the face of a, a you know a challenging situation with a work colleague or a family member and you know the thing with horses is i think their physical size and their presence it demands you be present because they can hurt you they can stand on your feet. They can push you out of the way. They can kick. And so we know that even people that aren't really horse people, they know that these things can kick and bite. And so that immediately <laughs> gets you more present. It's like, I have to be aware when I'm around an animal like this. Whereas, you know, with smaller animals, again, like I said earlier, we can, we can tend to switch off. So, 
you know, if anybody has anybody listened to this, if you have a fear of horses or you, you can relate to anything that Venus or I have talked to, find somebody that does conscious horse, conscious rider, or talk to the animals class or anybody that even does therapy with animals. You know, it's becoming much more popular and people are aware of it now. And uh, we hear stories regularly in the media about how autistic children or, you know, people on the spectrum have had phenomenal changes after one session with an animal, you know, whether it's a dog or whether it's a horse. So when we say animals are ambassadors for our awareness, they are, I think, this very underutilized um, contribution that when they're engaged with and they're received, your life takes this amazing magical adventure that you can't ever begin to, you know, imagine, like you say, with your daughter, you wouldn't have arrived at that class imagining that that was going to show up. You, you, it's just this incredible adventure that you've got no idea of where you're going. Totally. And what can they really truly teach us? I wonder. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you. This has been a really magical conversation. I love um, talking about animals and what can they really teach us? So thank you, Bill. You're very welcome, Venus. And um, may the horse be with you. <laughs> yeah, <I love> it. <laughs> <laughs>